This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Our Royal Iowa branch manager, Eric Welf's son, is serving in the U.S. Army in my dad's old unit, the 4th Infantry Division. He shared his thoughts on Ukraine. A military dad's perspective. It seems that one of the recent hot-button topics on major news channels and beyond is the U.S. providing massive amounts of aid to Ukraine in their war against Russia. The overwhelming majority of people that I speak to will feel that we are doing or providing or spending entirely too much money to assist them in their efforts. While continuing to stack up government debt isn't the best solution to any problem, I feel that I carry the perspective that few recognize that when they make these complaints, my son is a sergeant in the U.S. Army. Having just returned from South Korea in June, we found that he will likely be deployed to Romania in April. That comes as the U.S. is mounting an expanded military presence in Poland and Romania to deter Putin from exercising his aggression outside the borders of Ukraine. As a father, I certainly don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling about the likelihood of him moving straight toward the heart of the hornet's nest while receiving continued reports of escalating tensions between the two countries. Prior to Russia fumbling through their invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. military was focused on and training solely in preparation for a potential threat from Russia. Once they invaded Ukraine, the DOD recognized Russia's ineptness and immediately began to pivot away from that thought process. The Department of Defense's training budget prior to the invasion, again solely focused on Russia, was $125 billion per year. With Ukraine exposing Russia's weaknesses, the U.S. was able to identify the next likely threat and begin to shift their training patterns to the West Pacific. Now to the punchline of my thought process. If allocating $113 billion worth of aid to Ukraine over a four-year span gives the Ukrainians a fighting chance to keep our sons and daughters out of the line of fire, give them every tool possible. We were spending more per year to be prepared for the potential threat of conflict with Russia than we intend to give Ukraine for the entirety of the war, all while keeping our soldiers out of the battle. My son and his fellow soldiers would welcome the chance to utilize their training against Russia, or any other threat for that matter. Their wishes aside, one year's training budget seems a small price to pay to essentially wage a war by proxy against one of our oldest foes. Some appears to suggest that we are handing Ukraine billions of dollars. Not quite. We are transferring old, outdated, obsolete military kit to them that we were otherwise going to have to dispose of. Even the F-16s they'll get were being retired for F-35s. They're putting a value on all this kit as aid, but it was going to get taken off the ledger soon as an asset anyway. We're spending money to modernize our military hardware, giving the hand-me-down material to Ukraine. This is not adding to the deficit, at least not dollar for dollar. We have a three-day weekend ahead that will influence traders' positioning. Those heavily short were more likely to be nervous about a hot, dry forecast than those who are long. The latest drought monitor out yesterday showed drought conditions have only intensified in parts of Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Even CoBank's research was out with a warning that will likely be further declines in soybean yields. 45% of U.S. corn production area is in drought, 80% of Iowa is. 
There's no significant rain forecast in the next 10 days, and after that, it isn't going to matter, at least not to this crop. Harvest progress will soon begin to accelerate. And relative to our export outlook, our prices for corn and soybeans are now competitive with South American supplies. In other news to note, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the personal consumption expenditures, came out at 3.3%. And net trader expectations was less than the gain of 0.8% the prior month. Combined with the latest data on labor market strength, it reinforced guidance from the Fed that although they may not have to raise rates further, they likely will remain elevated for the foreseeable future with less recession risk. As to me, my worry over recession has only just gotten started. The impact of these higher rates on economic activity is now only beginning to show up. Government debt is high and deficits continue, but this has served as an economic buffer to shocks to both consumers and business. So far so good that it could be like the guy who jumped off the building passing the fifth floor of a 20-store building on the way down. The case that there's not a lot of debt leverage being used in these asset purchases does diffuse the risk of deflation. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.